What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul, and I'm back. This Falling Theology's Daily Devo with Trust in Jesus Ministries. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening. We are continuing as we start, really, in the beginning. <laughs> and it ain't no, uh, it ain't no uh, pun either, because that's where we're at in Genesis one three through five. So if you haven't checked out the verse, go ahead and read them. See what they're about. Come back and we'll discuss the four questions. If you've already read it, well, let's dive on in. Last episode, we talked about in the beginning. And we talked about how God is before all of time. He's all powerful and he's able to do all these things. Now we're going to talk about how God is going to create this universe, this world that we're living in now, how he has done it. And one of the questions that we talked about is earlier about what we are going to discuss which we're actually going to jump into it now because that's one of the things that this this scripture is about to say, or it's at least allude to. And so we're going to see what it has to say. But one of the things that we talked about is, is it a, is it a, a, a one actual physical 24 hour day? Is it a literal day? Is it just a, a metaphorical time space? Um, what is it? And how do we know? And where can we find clues? And the goal here is not only just to, to think about it theologically, because that's important. That's the reason why we're, we're, we're going through these scriptures, so that we can understand God. That's the idea of theology. We can understand who God is, so that way we can, we can recognize his love for us. And then um, we can know that love, and we can know him more. But we also want to look at it linguistically. And so uh, trying to see what the text actually says, how the words connect, what they mean, and then we can ascertain a better idea of what the writer is actually trying to say or write using context clues that he's given us in the way in which he's written these things. And so let's just go ahead and dive in and see what it has to say. It's starting with verse 3 through 5, chapter 1, 3 through 5. And it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated excuse me, and he separated the light and the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. It was evening and it was morning, the first day. So reading through this, we first get God calling, speaking. This is, this is amazing because what he says is let there be light. By mere speech. God has begun creation just by saying, let there be light. And there was light. Dude, that's, that's powerful in itself. Just to recognize the awesome power of God that he brings, causes things to come into being that we're not in. Uh, I guess uh, maybe not being because this doesn't have being. It's not a, a person. It's an inanimate object, but he causes things to have existence that did not have existence prior. He says, let there be light. And then there was light. And then he says, the God said, the, the scriptures say, the writer says that God saw the light and said it was good. That means God creates a good creation. What he does is good. What he causes to come about, it's good. And so this thing that God has caused to come about, which is light, is good. And now God does this other thing. He separates this light from this darkness. Uh, this light from this darkness, God separates, and then he gives them names. In ancient times, because this is 
a linguistic understanding and as well as a, a cultural understanding that when someone names something, when they place a name on someone, it gives them authority and ownership over. And so when the writer of Genesis is saying that God named these things which he caused to come into being, it means not only is he the creator of these objects, but he is also the authority over them, that he maintains rule and dominion over these objects. And he names them. God names them. He calls it day and he calls it night. The, the light is day and the darkness is light. And then after that, we get the phrase, it was evening and it was morning. Day one, the first day or a first day. Actually, it's it's um, not uh, def definitive. It's indefinite, not definite. Now, um, this is the thing that a lot of us question. You know, we wonder, is this a literal day? Uh, we have uh, huge um, swaths of people who hold in on one side versus the other as young earth creationists is what some are called, I believe, where they believe that the earth is young. It's, it's not the billion years that science uh, um, um, want to say it is, but it's less than that because God has created the earth in in six days, literal days, and therefore it doesn't leave room to have this a millennia of time that uh, that the scientists say has uh, happened in, for, in order for the, the universe to have formed. And uh, to that, I would say that, well, well yeah, we can, we can, um, yeah, we can say that if he created Adam from the dust of the earth into a full grown man, then he can make the earth look full grown when it is still young. So that's just a, a concept. If that's what side you fall on as a young earth creationist, taking each part as one day. And one of the ways in which uh, people defend this argument is in this um, this particular verse where it says evening and morning, the first day. And you've got to contend with that because it literally says it was one day and it calculates the scriptures calculate that day by means of saying an evening and a morning. Uh, which means that uh, it seems like it would be a literal day. But let's let's take a further look, though, what. Did God create here? It says that he, he created light. And so what is illuminating this light? Well, we don't get the sun and the moon until I think it is the fifth day. Um, I'm sorry. It's the fourth day. We don't get the sun and the moon until we get to the fourth day. So technically, how can there be an evening and a morning without a sun? Matter of fact, how can there be time? <laughs> that's the thing. How can there be time without the sun and without the moon? Because that's how we orient ourselves. Uh, 24 hours is a rotation of the earth as the sun goes up and goes down. A year is around the sun. You know, all of these things play a, um, um, a role in helping us to determine what time is. And so when God does this first creation, it could be that this evening and this morning, because he calls day and night just these lights in this darkness, the light and the darkness. And so it could be just that in this time, during however long this time was, that he 
did to create a uh, uh, the light and create the the darkness or not create the darkness, but to create the light and then separate the light from this darkness, that that is considered the evening and the morning. It could just be an understanding of the fact that evening was there as it was darkness. And then God said, let there be light. And then day came because he calls it day, evening and morning. And then it has been a day since. So just thinking about it in that terms, thinking about it in the way that the scripture provides it, that it's just the appearance of light, which causes an, the morning to come, the appearance of light. Then that was a day. So this could be less than the 24 hours or it could be more. It could be just the expanse of time that we saw from where it says in the beginning. And we talked about a little bit that in the beginning could have been a long, you know, extended amount of time before God actually started to do this creative work, molding the world into uh, something that is inhabitable and then placing things in it to inhabit. So just thinking about it in that way means that this day could be taken as a long time, because as we see through scripture, a day is, is considered uh, of various things. We'll read in chapter two where it talks about day, as in in the day that God created the heavens and the earth. Well, we know that he didn't create it in one day. If we read literally the scriptures that it was six days. So what does it mean by day? Well, that could mean just the time frame and the time frame in which God created the heavens and the earth. And that's in, I believe, chapter two, verse four. And so we, we can we can read that and recognize a day in that manner. But most oftentimes, though, uh, uh, when the word yom is used, which is day for scripture, it is meant for a literal day, 24 hours. So it's 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 it's, it's how is this word being used? And then how is it, I'm sorry, excuse me, how is this word normally used? And then how is it being used in the context that it's placed in? That's the way that we have to think about this when we read the scriptures. And for me, I'll fall on the side that right now that it's just an indiscriminate amount of time. That it's not a literal one day. Now, don't hate me if you think it's a literal one day, man. I'm sorry. That's just what I've been reading right now as I've been studying the scripture. But there is a strong evidence as well to say that this is a literal day. But I think the major point, though, that the author of Genesis is trying to get across. Because I, 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 I want to talk about the idea of is it one day or if it's a long period of time, because I know that that right now is a hot button topic for people who are reading Genesis and trying to combine science and scriptures together. That's a hot button topic. That's why I talked about it. It's what we call a warrant, something that's going to pop up in your mind when you read it. But I think the idea of what is happening, the the author wants to convey to its readers, to his readers, is that God is a powerful God who has authority over all of creation to make the world and fashion it in an organized way. I think that is the idea that's behind this, is that God is able to produce, create, and fashion a world that is organized. And he is the authority and ruler and creator of it. 
So if we want to get something out of this right here, that's what we need to grasp. I hope the other things help, man. I, I, I do. I hope they help you to understand why others may think that yom means uh, an extended period of time and then the background and reason for that to be. And then why people would understand yom or day as a um, one 24-hour period, which there's evidence and background to see. But the truth of the matter is, is that we've got to recognize that this person who is writing the scripture is conveying to us that God is the Lord of history. He has started history by saying in the beginning that there is a time frame that's going on. And then he created these things, which means he's a creator God, but he's a powerful God by speaking these things into existence. And then as well, he is an organized God by the means of making an, an evening and then a morning. So what's the author trying to say about God? Well, I kind of went over that, that he's powerful. He's a ruler, authoritative, authoritative God. But I, I didn't mention this. And I want to, to say it, is that he is a good God who creates good things. When, when God saw the light, he said it was good. I think uh, some translators said that he thought it was a marvelous creation. That the light itself was good, not the act of creating which is good, but that the light itself and the darkness for that matter was good. What's to say about man? Well, it says that we are under the authority of God because he is over creation. The thing he created, he is the authority over. And he and we see that by him naming this. And we'll continue as we go on through probably a little bit faster um, over some of these verses because they continue to do the same sorts of things, say the same sorts of things, except with different objects. Um, but as we recognize right now that God has named this, this creation light. And, and then he has also named this creation day and night. And in that naming, he is claiming authority over it. And we are as well under his authority. How can we apply these truths to our lives? Well, I think seeing that God is the ultimate authority and that he designed this earth, declaring it good. Then we should be under his authority, living to benefit creation. That our actions shouldn't be destructive upon the things that God has declared good. If, if God says that what he has made is good, then we should treat it as such. Uh, I think in some past religions, it talks about the, um, the the corruption and the the evilness of the body, of the flesh, merely because it is flesh. Christianity, we talk about um, the corruption of the flesh through sin and our sin, but it's not because it is creation. It is not because it is physical that it is bad. It's because of our sin, which has seeped into this, which we'll read in chapter three, which has uh, um, brought a curse upon it. But physicalness or the physical or material world is not inherently less than. And therefore, we should shove it aside and do whatever we want. It is good. And we as God's people should treat it as such. I appreciate you guys for listening. And uh, let's continue as we go on this study of Genesis to see what God has to say through the first book of the Bible.